Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What is up, sporting fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Sporting Kansas City Show right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, your home for all things Sporting Kansas City soccer. Nate Bucati, Allie Trost-Martin, as always. And uh, we're happy to be back with you this week talking about a hard-fought 0-0 draw on the road for Sporting Kansas City against the 2022 MLS Cup runners-up Philadelphia Union. We'll get into all of that. We will also be joined later on in the show by new center back Robert Castellanos. Casti is uh, what he goes by, and so a, a long-form conversation and interview with him. Uh, great guy. And can't wait to uh, to share that with all of you. And then we'll close out the show looking ahead to this weekend back at home at Children's Mercy Park against the Colorado Rapids, Sporting Kansas City, and the Rapids, both looking for their first wins of 2023. But Nate Bucati, I, I don't want to go as far as to say that this 0-0 draw on the road felt like a win necessarily, but it felt like a very good step in the right direction for Sporting Kansas City. They wanted to see a big response and a big bounce back after that 4-1 loss to the Seattle Sounders at home. They got that. And against a team that, even though they've kind of had their own issues to start the season or perhaps just starting a bit slower than they would have liked to or than others would have expected them to, this is a Philadelphia Union side that is incredibly talented and really dang good at home. They had scored at least one goal in their last 15 MLS home matches, 51 goals across those last 15 games, and they get shut out by Sporting Kansas City with a ton of changes to the lineup, particularly along the back line. What stood out to you most about what Sporting Kansas City went and achieved on a uh, windy and just inclement weather-filled night uh, in Chester, Pennsylvania? Well, inclement weather was the uh, story of the weekend, <laughs> I know my, that you had was, to deal with that, too. Yeah, mine was colored <laughs> a little bit on the way to uh, Toronto with a nice uh, 10-hour stay at O'Hare, including an hour and a half in the in the bowels of the... Uh, Which was trippy because it looked like they had mirrors on the ceiling, so it looked like they were like <laughs> quadruple the number yeah. of people. Well, it was funny because when I was actually walking and like, you know going underneath the ground from... Because O'Hare, my uncle, who's an airline pilot, taught me that O'Hare is the, I believe, second biggest airport in the world. Um, that's what he said it's anyway. Our beautiful, awesome new airport has about 50-ish terminals, and I think they have well over 200 at O'Hare. So, uh, or uh, gates, I mean, not terminals, but gates. But anyways, uh, going under the tunnel from one terminal to the next, I was on the way to my terminal thinking, wow, this is really nicely designed. I mean, you're underground, but you don't feel like it because of all the lights and the mirrors and all this stuff. And then as we were headed back down to ride out the tornado, I thought, well, it's a good thing it's well-designed because at least I'm not just in a blank, empty tunnel with thousands of other people. Worst places you could have been. For, for hours and hours. So anyways, nobody cares about my travel issues, but the wind in hey, Toronto we're glad that you was, made a, it safe, was a huge story. I know it was a big story in the sporting game, too. Uh, let's get back to the point. I think this is a very good result for Sporting Kansas City, a, a very good result. And I'll take you back to what we talked about last week on the show. All the hand-wringing about the lack of offense from Sporting Kansas City, I, I understand because the goals haven't been there yet. 
I remain steadfastly in the belief that this team is going to score goals. You don't have Johnny Russell, Daniel Shalloui, Alan Polito, Willie Agata, Gotti Kinda, Eric Tommy, all on the same roster and not score goals. They are going to score goals. My my point to you last week was I felt like this team needs to get back to being difficult to beat first. That's the most important thing right now. Make yourselves tough to beat. We've seen time and time again through the course of this league, teams can make the playoffs just by being tough to beat. Um, now, if you want to be a great team, you probably got to be able to go beat teams too. But let's just let's just take it down a notch and be that first. And that's exactly what they did going to Philadelphia. You listed all the numbers, why that matters. Um, but I'm looking at, you know, some of the, the deeper-lying numbers in the game. Expected goals, 0.99 for Sporting KC, 1.01 for Philadelphia. It was basically the same. Uh, you know, the possession was slightly in favor of Philadelphia. That's fine. I'm looking at the names that are in the attack for Philadelphia. Gazdog was out there playing. Ore was out there playing. They had some of the big dogs out there playing that, that just lit people up last year. I know they're having some struggles early this season. They're balancing Champions League and all that. But to go on the road and to grind out a draw to get Tim Melia back in goal, to have all these new faces on the defense, to me, that was a good step in the right direction. I think it's a big result. Well, and like I mentioned, all of the new faces that we saw, not often do you see a, a Peter Vermees lineup shake so dramatically from one week to the next. And I know some of those changes were uh, out of necessity with, you know, Ben Sweat being suspended and you've got, you know, players still kind of working back. But a lot of the changes that were made were just a result of, hey, wanting to get a new look. Timelia back in goal, his first appearance and start of 2023. He came up big with a few saves and looked every bit as healthy as he did when he was playing his best soccer back, you know, before he went down with injury last year. And I'd say probably going back to 2021 when he had a, a strong season for Sporting Kansas City. Danny Rosero and Robert Castellanos. Rosero with just four days of training with his new club after arriving the weekend prior. Uh, some of his numbers in the game, three clearances, three aerial duels won, five total duels won, four recoveries, zero fouls, and almost got on the end of a couple of attacking set pieces. So another player that I, I think was every bit of his, what was advertised and, and what they were expecting him to be. Castellanos, just a, a steady force back there. And Robbie Bulleter, playing out of position at left back, uh, came in and, and understood the assignment. Nemanja Radoya looked great at the six before he had to leave the game with a hamstring tweak. So I, I think to have that many changes, five personnel changes, seven positional changes within that game, and for them to go and get the shutout against a team like Philadelphia that was at full strength. They didn't you know, really rotate until later on in that game, even with the Champions League this week. Um, but they got a lot of those guys back from international duty, and they came in the game, and Sporting Kansas City, to their credit, kept them at bay. And so you have that great result, and now they've got to look and try and put together both parts of the game this weekend against a Colorado team that, even though they've also had a, a slow start to the season, no wins yet, sitting at the bottom of the Western Conference, um, they've started to maybe pick up some some good results and gain some confidence as of late as well. They went and played uh, the MLS Cup champs from last year, LAFC, and played them to a 0-0 draw. So both Sporting and Colorado kind of have that in common going into this next game, which we'll preview later on in the show. But just a couple of notes from the training field this week. We saw Gadi Kinda, again, still back in full training, so no setbacks. I know that that was uh, a concern when he was working back at different points in his recovery. Logan and Denbe also back on the field, which is good news. No sign of uh, Tim Leibold, so just 
keep an eye out on that one. But I think all in all, there was a, a lot of optimism, and that was something that Peter talked about after training on Tuesday was just how nice it is to see those faces back in training as Alan Polito, of course, made his debut into uh, 2023 and his first appearance since for regular season since October of 2021 and uh, total appearances since November 2021 in the playoffs. And, and what a moment that was for him. Yeah, I, I think a couple things to point out. One, when I talked last week about, you know, there was the, all the reaction to what Peter said about must-win games and all that, and I gave a little bit of a rant on that in terms of just the idea that the performances we've seen at the beginning of this season are just okay with Peter Vermees is, is, is laughable. The, things are going to change. He was going to change things. He wasn't going to sit there and go, oh, I got a five-year contract extension. This is all fine. That's not the way that it works. This man is one of the most insanely competitive humans I know, whatever lifetime term is on his contract or not. And I think we saw that, to go back to the lineup. I think we saw like this. He's not going to just sit there and go, oh, yeah, this is all good. He's going to – they're going to – and we saw that in this game. Secondly, today I tried to kind of press him a little bit on – now that you're starting to get some of these weapons back, do you tinker a little bit with how they fit together? Um, I'm informed a little bit by the game that I did this past weekend in Charlotte. They've got uh, Copetti, who is a, a player that they brought in, is a really big-time striker, but they've already got this designated player from Poland named Svidersky, who they're trying to figure out how do they work together. Can they can they share the same space on the field? Can Svidersky play underneath him? And they haven't really figured it out yet. So I was thinking about that, like, Polito and, and, and Willie Agata. We're all wondering about that. And so I asked Peter about it, you know, do you tinker? And he said, nah, I don't like the word tinker. I, I don't like that. And he, he, he didn't really, he didn't really give much of us uh, of an answer there to that. I'm just going to be interested to see how they all do fit together. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things Peter did say to us is you don't really know until they play in games at the same time. Yeah. I think you could see Polito playing underneath Willie Agata, 100%. and I think it could be something that could do a lot of damage to a lot of teams. But I don't know until you really get a chance to watch yeah. it play. But I think it's going to be – I think it's a great problem that, that's about to start happening here, which is, okay, how do we fit all these guys on the field? Um, where do they fit the best? How do we maximize the roster with that? And I think it's going to be a work in progress as you try to see those things out. Well, and I think that is going to be the the thing to watch over the next couple of weeks. You know, as I mentioned, a lot of players working back and, and getting into full training, which is great. Alan Polito getting 30 minutes in that game at Philly, which is great for him and for the team. But once you start to see guys hit that that point where they are a full 90 minutes fit, you know, Johnny Russell, of course, is another player who's played significant minutes but still working back. Um, that's when I think we'll start to see the tinkering. So maybe Peter just didn't want to get too much into uh, mm-hmm. what moves. But, I, I mean, that's the the beauty of the position that they're in with all of this talent is that you have the luxury of moving things around to get your best players on the field. That's what every coach in every sport is always constantly trying to do is how do I get my best players on the field at the same time in order to uh, – to get the the best results possible. And I think that, you know, sporting Kansas City, as they keep getting healthier, that's going to be a a fun problem to figure out compared to uh, the problem last year, which was, hey, we're down all of these players. What adjustments do we need to make just to go out and play a competitive game? So uh, sporting Kansas City getting healthier and moving in the right direction after that 0-0 draw on the road in Philadelphia back home this weekend. We'll preview that game later on in the show. But next up, we are sitting down with a guy who got his SKC debut 
in a uh, big shutout performance along the back line. Robert Castellanos joins us next, and we'll get to know him better and uh, learn all about some of his uh, interests, including food as well. So stay with us. We will be back after this with Robert Castellanos here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, sporting fans? Welcome back to the Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Ali Trost Martin, Nate Katie, joined now by Sporting Kansas City center back Robert Castellanos. A new face this year for the club and made his Sporting KC debut over the weekend against the Philadelphia Union. Robert, how's it going? Do you like Robert? We've got a Robbie on the team as well with Robbie yeah. Bulleter. Are you just, I'm Robert. I go by Costa. Just my last Costa. name. Yeah. I like just that. like you cut kind of Castellanos and just put Costa. I kind of went by it previous a couple of years when I was in Texas. There's a couple other Roberts around and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go by my last name and just make it easier for everybody. So That just, happened with me too. Know. In high school, there was like on my soccer team, there were like four alleys. Yeah. So you just got to get my creative. Pa- my parents were just like, I'm going to give you. A very yeah. common name. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> you're going to hey, run into that. Uh, Robert Lewandowski, do you know the story behind how he became Robert? Mm-mm. So that's not a traditionally Polish name. You know, mm-hmm. Robert, his dad was sure he was going to become a soccer star. Yeah. He actually told me the story in person because my grandparents are from Poland. Uh-huh. And I interviewed him one time, and I said, Robert, yeah. that's not a Polish name. And he said, my dad knew I was going to be a famous soccer star when I was born, so he wanted me to give he wanted to give me a name that everybody could say. And then it's very easy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, Robert, he, he had big shoes to fill. He, he actually did. Fill yeah, up. he yeah. lived up to the expectations. That's, that's sure. a pretty big so, expectation, yeah. but hey, I'm glad it worked out go. for him. And yes. so glad that your journey has brought you here now to Sporting Kansas City. We talked to you a little bit after training on Tuesday, um, you know, just about what it's like being with your new club. And we even heard Peter Vermees saying, you know, what some of your early conversations were like. But you were in Finland for a little bit and then ended up here. How did that play yeah. out for you? Uh, it was honestly fast. Everything kind of changed really rapidly. Um, obviously, I went to Finland, finishing off my season last year with Nashville. Uh, you know, the interest of, of Finland came in. And and at that moment, um, I wanted to play. I wanted new challenges. And I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, it just came down to making the decision of like, okay, this is going to help my career a little bit more, um, getting that exposure, playing in a different league, kind of adapting and kind of getting out of your comfort zone. So, yeah, I went out there. Uh, I was actually very happy, you know. I was playing out there. A culture shock a little bit because, you know, it's very different. Yeah. Super cold, <laughs> a lot of snow. But overall, you know, the time there, I really enjoyed it. I think um, I learned a lot and, you know, just kind of absorbed as much information I can from their kind of type of football or soccer, what, how, how they play and everything. So then that kind of helped me translate to coming over here. It was pretty fast. I just, you know, Peter calls my agent. I think at that time um, they're down in center backs and they've been kind of tracking me for a while, but obviously they had their guys already. And then just from one night to another, you know, the call comes in, Peter calls, and then he's just like, what are the kind of possibilities of you, of you being here in the next couple of days? And I'm like, Oh, damn. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's um, pretty wild. Yeah, very wild. And I'm just like, you know, I, I've always had much respect for Peter and the club here. And, you know, who doesn't want to play for sporting? You know, it's always talked about very well throughout the league. I just needed to make sure that everything was right, you know, for, for me to make that transition. And they kind of, you know, put everything into, into motion. And, you know, I played my last game in Finland. And then the next day I flew out and I was here. Okay, so this is crazy because... <laughs> Because of the Apple TV situation, MLS Plus, we, 
my family and I end up logging on to Apple TV a bunch now, and there's a there's a new TV series that they always promote as soon as you log on, which is Eugene Levy. You know the guy I from uh, Shit uh, Creek yep. and, and and other shows like that, American Pie, where he goes to different places in the world where he's going to be completely uncomfortable and experience life. Like there's one where he goes to Costa Rica. And it's, it looks amazing. He stays in the rainforest. All the first episode, he goes to Finland. Oh, wow. And, and when you said it's very cold and very snowy, they certainly make it appear very cold and very snowy when he is there. Yes. But it also seemed like a really interesting place where the culture, the people is very, very warm and friendly. Yes. What, what was it like culture wise fitting in with the people there and all that for you? Yeah. I think people are, are friendly as in like uh, distance wise, like the, they, they mind their, their own business. They don't really interrupt. Uh, you know, obviously me coming in, the, the, my team kind of respected me and, you know, gave me uh, like warm welcoming and everything. But everybody's kind of to themselves, you know, and, and I think the language barrier is very difficult. Um, good thing, like they speak, you know, the younger crowd is more dominant English. The older crowd in Finland is kind of more, they, they speak Finnish. So that was harder sometimes, be trying to translate to the older crowd, you know, when I would go out to get, like, go get rice or something at the grocery store, and I just didn't understand the Finnish language. So I had to talk to the lady, and then the lady's looking at me like, you know. But <laughs> overall, the culture there, I would say they're very welcoming, but, you know, it's kind of standoffish because they okay. just mind their own business. But yeah. cold, yes, because <laughs> I remember a couple of times it took me, like, to walk around the, the area, and I would lick my lips and the top of my mustache will like freeze because of my saliva <laughs> and I'm like going like this and I'm like wow what I don't even know if it's gotten like that cold here that yeah. is that's yeah. and I used to think I was stuff. a sweater weather person but I got there and I was like okay get, bring the sun out please yeah, yeah the California boy and he was like absolutely yeah. not like, did you have any days where the sun never went down yeah that happens well there, right? actually my, I went I went there on the cycle that the sun wasn't coming out the sun never came up yeah, yeah. Oh. so I was um, probably a month and a half almost two months and I saw the sun in that time frame four times did that like seasonal depression set in at all because i know like that that's a real thing you know yeah. when you go for that long without seeing the sun. no yeah at first i underestimated, uh, underestimated a little bit because you know people do say like the sun vitamin d like you know that kind of brings out different side of you when you don't really see the sun it's really dark all the time and you're kind of like more mellow mm -hmm. you know uh first couple of weeks it didn't really affect me and then i started kind of understanding a long time a long period there will you know if you don't take your vitamins like i had to take extra vitamin d pills and everything just to kind of because I, we weren't in the sun i wasn't seeing the sun for like a couple of days to what my body was used to or like i was used to you know uh but yeah i could see that take a toll when the sun did come out i made sure i was out there uh, <laughs> absorbing as much as i can but yeah i could for sure see that being a, a problem for for foreigners or people coming into that if you don't really take the right vitamins or stuff like that to substitute the amount of sun you're missing throughout the days or even months, it could take a toll on you. So you go from Finland to sporting Kansas City, like you had mentioned. They were really thin at center back. Courtney Ford, of course, suffering that injury in preseason. And, you know, Peter Vermees calls your agent. Boom, you're here. Uh, plenty of sunlight, by the way, if you were yeah. out at training this week. The weather's turning around here uh, in, a, in a very positive way. But before, you know, you were at Nashville and then had a couple of stops in USL. But you had mentioned that, you know, everybody had – had a good opinion of sporting Kansas City and, and it's a place that a lot of people wanted to play. What was some of your um, kind of early perceptions on the club and how those maybe changed since being here? Yeah, I mean, I've been in contact with them a couple of years ago, just kind of interest here and there. Uh, obviously, previous players they used to be here, like CJ, mm -hmm. uh, players that came to Nashville, just, you know, talked very well about the institution, you know, 
Peter. I mean, Peter is well respected throughout the league. So just kind of the expectation to be here and stay here and the quality of players that come here. You know, you got to know what you got to bring here. And, and, you know, his selection of, of players to come here uh, is very good because, you know, you come to the locker room and you can see everybody's they welcome you well. They they push you to become better. And, you know, you know, everybody needs to do their job to get the result. So I think it helps you a lot because, you know, outside the field, you know, we're all teammates. We hang out. You know, we, we, we're there for each other. But once you cross those lines, you know, it's business. And having that extra push really helps you a lot. So, I mean, coming here and hearing from and then coming here was just like exactly what they're ex- uh, telling me about, you know. So it was pretty nice, you know, to kind of have that little heads up before coming. Well, and you had said as well that because of that kind of level that they that they bring in as far as talent goes, the type of people that they bring in, that helped uh, you and Danny Rosero really hit it off after just four days of training. He, of course, arriving last weekend and then to go out in Philadelphia, earn the shutout against a team that had not conceded a goal at home in their last. Yeah. Or, you know, like they had scored or that's what it was. They scored like 51 goals in their last 15 MLS home matches and had scored at least a goal in the last 15. I mean, this is a team that, you know, hadn't really had a hard time finding the back of the net necessarily. And you all were able to keep them out with limited time together. Just what more can you say about the relationship that you have with Danny Rosero and where you think that you guys can go from here as well as this back line? Yeah, I think, well, like I said, the selection with bring him in, bringing him in was very good. You know, I think he's a big piece to the team that we needed. Uh, he has a big presence, you know. I think he has some attributes that complement the team very well. And I think uh, between me and him, it was just like, obviously the language barrier helped us a lot being, you know, Latin. But besides that, I think uh, we just kind of adapted pretty fast to each other. I, like I said out there, it was just like I saw what he could bring to the table. I saw his abilities, and I made sure uh, I complimented it as in I let him do his thing, you know, and, and work on his strengths, and then I cover him. And then let me work on my strengths and me do my thing, and he covers me, you know. So I think uh, we have pretty similar play styles where we complement each other, and I think it was just like we knew we had a big job because, like you said, Philly is not a, a team to take um, – lightly you know they're they're very good on breakaways they're very fast but i think uh our team did very well to um make them feel very uncomfortable and not play the way they want to play so you know kudos to to us kind of adapting pretty fast and you know just making sure we do our job we're visiting with robert castellanos caste is uh, his uh, his is his nickname that's what everybody's calling him around here so we're getting to know him a little bit and i asked peter vermese today at training about you say hey, what what, you, what can you tell us about him since we knew we were going to have you on the show and the first thing he said and I know that sometimes people might hear this and it goes in one ear and out the other. I will admit when I was younger in my career, this would happen. He said he loves the game of soccer. He loves the game of soccer. And I remember talking to general managers and coaches of sports in the past who have said that about players. Oh, this guy, he loves baseball. And I would think, I roll my eyes, well, of course he does. He's playing it at a professional level. But Peter said this, and I've witnessed it too, that isn't always the case. Some people might just be really good at something. And so it's a way to make some money and they, they're willing to put the work in because they know it's an opportunity to make some good money and have a profession. But some people love it. And he said, that's you. He said, that's how you are with soccer. And I'm curious, what does that, what does that make you think when you hear that from a coach like Peter? And what would you say about your love of this game? No, yeah, I appreciate that a lot. I mean, I think uh, Peter has a uh, a very good eye and he, and he knows how to understand people and, and, and get the best out of their players and just to add on to that I think he kind of said it all you know I, this is kind of all I got you know since I was small 
Um, like you said, most of us are, are born with a lot of talent. Personally, I don't think I got I was given that much talent, but I was given enough to see what I'm capable of doing and maximizing it. And I think my biggest strength is just my mindset. You know, like I don't come from the best backgrounds. You know, I don't come from places where you know I get too much opportunities. I consider myself a player sometimes get overlooked a lot. You know, but I think one thing that keeps me keeps me going is just like the resilience, and I have a lot of people living through me uh to accomplish a lot you know and it's just like kind of representing those people that you know you kind of don't get the opportunity often and you do get overlooked and you sometimes you know you just got to do extra and you got to take it on the chin sometimes more than others and it's just it's part of life it's part of the game and you understanding that you know i was able to understand that a little bit early on and just kind of use it as motivation and um obviously coming here and peter kind of understanding that side of me uh, makes me want to go even further and harder because for him because it's like they appreciate what I'm able to uh, offer whenever I'm out there on the field and that's kind of who I am you know I just give it all and you know this is soccer's everything I had you know and for me it's just like it'll be it'll be a waste of time for me to not push myself to my limits and see how much I get out of this because there are people that probably look at me and have a similar background or have similar experiences like me and and I could be that extra motivation you know and I think that for me is like if I'm in that position why not take advantage of it I love that so I'm going to try to compare myself to to Robert here for a second I wanted to be a sportscaster since I was a kid my professor my first day on on campus told me I was never going to make it in the business because my voice wasn't good enough and 30 years later, I still remember that. Like, for the rest of my career, I'll always believe there are other people more talented than me, and so I've got to outwork all of them, you know? And I'm actually, it's funny because a lot of people will say, well, you, you must hate that professor. Actually, no, he got me my first job, and it was actually one of the best things that he could ever done to me because he made me realize right off the bat, you're not going to be able to get by on talent. So I'm actually grateful for that, for that, that chip on the shoulder. Were there, you, you mentioned that you feel like you've been overlooked and all that. Are there any specific moments for you where you look back on it and go, man, that's when I realized I'm going to have to give this everything I've got if I want to make this thing work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I had a, a handful. I mean, I don't kind of want to say exactly when because I think, uh, you know, people that know my career, people that have been following me have seen it. Uh, but I would say, like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm always the, the the most talented player out there or the one that's, oh, this guy has it all. But I do know what I could bring to the table, and I make sure that I show up every day and do my best. And regardless of the outcome, regardless of things I can't control, uh, focus on the positives. You know, it's it's very easy to say it, but it's just like you got to remind yourself and apply it because it's just like at the end of the day, how I see it is like we all got to set a story. It's just like what you do with yours, you know, and that's kind of what I use as motivation is just like no matter what happens in my career or whatever, how many setbacks I have, as long as I have the couple people living through me through this career, supporting me, you know, having a coaching staff like Peter and the rest supporting me and being, you know, we believe in you. Like, that's all I need to keep going forward, you know? And the teammates, too, you know, it comes big with, with having a good surrounding of people, you know? So as long as I have them by my side and, you know, having this kind of um, mindset pushing forward, I, I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll be good, you know? And, you know, at the end of the day, you can't control everything. If you just focus on what you could control and just show up, like, that's... You just <laughs> yeah. show up, you know? You yeah. just got to show up every day and make sure you do your best. And sometimes you your best isn't good enough, but as long as you know, like... I, I left everything out there, you know, that that should for, for me, I, I could go home and be like, all right, yeah, yep. no, I'm and, good. And we're always the ones who know, like, you know, someone might look at what you do and, and they 
like, oh, that was great, but you know what you have inside exactly. of you and what you're capable of. That's incredible perspective that you have. Yeah. I mean, uh, just even this early on in your career, you're what, 24 years old, and yeah. like to have that kind of perspective, it's not something that people are always able to recognize. Um, so I'm sure that has and will continue to help you. You mentioned um, people that you know are played through you, or yeah. you know, who are some of the greatest influences in your life and in your career? I'd say like you know it goes back to like my older brother you know Manny obviously um, one of my coaches back home you know that that developed me and helped me you know believed in me before I even believed in myself obviously um, my other coach my personal trainer in, in in San Diego you know David Nunez just these people that for me obviously I have a couple friends too you know very close friends are like my best friends that sometimes we fall short in some of their dreams and it's just like whatever I'm doing it they're living it through me. They're enjoying it. They're loving the process with me, you know, and I feel like that's the most beautiful part about it. Like, you know, we all get excited about the destination and that's great, you know, but it's just like when you fall in love with the process, this is what you kind of, that's why I think when you enjoy it the most, because when you get there, like it's, it's there for a split second and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, what's next? But then if you really focus with the process, it's just like you, you enjoy the road. It, it's bumpy. It's, you know, it's not always beautiful, but it's just like you have the right people with you and you're like, well, I'm enjoying it. You know, whatever comes my way, you know, I know that I have a support system. And that's how I see it. Like some of my friends and people close by, you know, they feel short, you know, but they are doing their best to help me in whatever aspect I need. And if I have that and I don't take advantage of it and I don't push it to where I know how far I could push it. And like, I don't think I'm, I'm, that's fair. You know, I don't think that's fair for, for me and for them, you know, because they're doing as much as they can to help me out in my career and support me and be there for me, the least I could do is show up and give it my all, you know? So that's kind of like my biggest motivation, you know? Okay. So, so you, you mentioned your teammates too. And when I was, I got to spend a week with the team in Arizona in preseason. And I I really only just met you briefly at that time, but every time Allie, that I would go to breakfast or be somewhere around the, the complex, I would see you with Alan Polito. Yeah. You two are always together, you know, and I'm curious what that friendship has been like. Did you guys already know each other ahead of time or did you just kind of, you know, strike a, a common friendship right away when you got here? What's that like? I think it was just, it was common quick. I mean, obviously I'm a little younger than him. I, I knew him ahead of time because obviously Alan's been a big, uh, yeah. a big player, uh, obviously for our national team too, Mexico, you know, he's always mm-hmm. been uh, a player that, you know, you see him on the national team. He's a quality. star. He's a star. You know, you can't miss him. <laughs> so I've always, you know, supported him from a distance, you know, what he done with the national team. So coming here, uh, obviously it was nice, you know, having another uh, Mexican on the team. You know, we had common things to talk about. But, yeah, since I think in preseason that helped a lot, you know, having that bond, seeing each other all the time. We just clicked right away, you know, me and him kind of had similar things to talk about, similar time when we were in Mexico, had some, like, old stories to bring up. And I think that made us feel very comfortable with each other and, you know, have an understanding that, like, you know, we got each other's back. So he is a star. I mean, even here in Kansas City, I remember right when he first got here during the pandemic, he would try to go work out at a at a track at maybe a local oh, high yeah. school. Yeah. And word would leak out on social media that Alan Polito's here, and immediately there's yeah. fans there trying to get his autograph, trying to get pictures. Um, and, look, you're a professional athlete, so maybe you don't get starstruck by anybody, but was there any part of you that's like – I'm hanging out with Alan Polito. Like, yeah. he's my boy now. Like, texting your buddies. Is that is that part of it at all? Were you just like, no, I'm a professional. He's a professional. This is no big deal. No, yeah. I mean, at first, you know, always I respect him, you know. And I think, uh, you know, I I give him the respect and the honor because he's he's done a great career. He's, he's that big player for a reason. But what kind of takes me, I take the most out of it is just how he carries himself. Like, I, I, I see him 
he's a great person, you know, and he has everything, you know. You know, he's that big star, big player, and yet he carries himself very well. He's very humbled. He comes in, shakes everybody's hand. He checks in on the people, even the people that work down here uh, for maintenance. You know, he talks to them and everything. I'm like, when you take those notes of players that have accomplished and on everything, uh, you're like, wow, okay, like, if he's doing it, what's my excuse not to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I saw that in the beginning stages, you know, like, I was super excited to be part of the team and part of his teammate and then his friend, you know, that's like big time. But uh, I think being in the industry a lot, you know, you kind of, that side of it kind of goes away, the fanboy side of it. I yeah. do respect him a lot, yeah. but at the end of the day, I think is like I cherish more the, the person he is and obviously him accepting me as a friend. Uh, I think that's the more beautiful side of it. Obviously, my family and stuff, like my, my dad's a Chivas fan. He obviously supported Alan <laughs> when he was there. Yeah. So it's cool, you know, it's just like... Yeah. The so soccer side of it is like it's full, it goes full circle, you know. Like I was watching him on TV when I was younger, and then boom, yeah. you know, I'm on the same field with him. You're so. a peer of his now. Yeah, yeah so, teammate. <laughs> so I see it like that, you know, just trying to learn as much as I can off of him because he has a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom, you know. So it's just like little takes I could take from him, and you know, hopefully pass them on in my career. We're visiting with Robert Castellanos. Casti, uh, center back with Sporting Kansas City. He said the fanboy side kind of goes away, especially yeah. in soccer. It kind of has to, right? Are there any athletes outside of the sport of soccer that you really look up to or, or that you love to watch? Like besides soccer, what sports are, are you tuning into? Yeah, honestly, uh, I mean, I, I watch more soccer, but I think a couple, I mean, honestly, I, I look more on the mindset. I mean, it's pretty weird to say, but like, I, I honestly enjoy players with like, I don't know, like, I, I, individuals, like, I really grew up liking was, like, Ray Lewis, like, uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, rest in peace, you know, mm -hmm. um, Kevin Garnett, that's in basketball, you know, these players, I just, I just like that the relentless they had, you know, this kind of, like, edge, um, even in this time period, like, obviously, the player that I like to watch, um, damn, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I don't know who to say right now, I mean, Tom Brady, I think, because I was just, just like, his excellence, it's more like how I view players. It's more on the side, like what keeps them going, like what makes them different. Mentality. Yeah, and that's why I think I take more out of it, more than just like fanboy, like oh wow. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes too, like here, you know, like he's doing it so young, you know, and he's and he's carrying this pressure like that. Like I think that's what I see in greatness. So those are kind of some selected players. Obviously, they're big time. It's easy to pick them, but I don't just pick them because they're famous. I pick them because they're doing something very very difficult at a high level and they're making it look easy and yeah. it's like how so like if you know that's what i appreciate the most like how do you do it every single time like reverse engineering like yeah. what you're seeing so that's what i think i value more um from different sports when you see like the top competitor consistently do it pressure like every time with the amount of pressure it's just that for me is like exciting, you know, it's pretty weird, but yeah. So when you're not looking into, uh, you know, mindset, trying to become better, I think that's one takeaway I've had just in this conversation is how much you prioritize that mental side of the game and, and wanting to constantly grow and evolve in that area. Yeah. But when you're not on the pitch playing soccer yeah. or training or anything, what do you like to do? How's your, uh, how's your time in Kansas City been so far? It's been good. You know, I've been just kind of trying to settle in. Um, honestly, one thing I did to kind of start getting into a little bit more is pickleball. Oh, yeah. love it. And it's really Most yeah, fastest no, growing sport in America. Patrick Mahomes is very into pickleball, you know. Mm, I don't know how to call him Let's out once I get better. Get you, yeah, we'll see if we can get you together. <laughs> yeah, like uh, some of the guys used to play in Tampa when I was there on loan, and I just saw it. I was like, wow. And then uh, I just moved to a new apartment complex, and they just have a pickle uh, court there. And I'm like, okay. 
So this is where I got practice. And another sport I think that fascinates me too is golf. I'm very, I'm horrible on it. Same. But <laughs> I want to work on it because I think that's the most, uh, that's a sport that every top athlete, they, I think I see why they enjoy it because you become a top athlete. You're fast, you're, you're, you're strong, you do everything. But this takes technique. This takes yeah. time, repetition, and and you go into and this the mental part, mm -hmm. mental side, and you go into this, and and it it crushes all these high athletes because we are so confident and just like we could do it all. You come into golf and it humbles you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why a lot of big athletes love it and they get so competitive with it because it's just like you see, you know, older person, you know, no muscle, no nothing, and you're like, boom, hits it, great technique, <laughs> and you're like. Yo, how? But you could outwork him, you could outrun him, but he will beat you because it's he has experience, he has technique, mm -hmm. he has a mindset, and I think that's why I think I enjoy I enjoy watching golf a little bit more and playing it. Or you know, like I want to get good at it because of that side. Like I think that's cool. Well, the reason I raised my eyebrows when you said pickleball is because one of the great defenders in Sporting Kansas City history, Matt Beasler works at chicken and pickle now mm. so you know we had to get you in touch with him oh yeah he's, he's a really good pickleball player he's humbled me on the pickleball court a couple <laughs> times as well as the golf course so we have to we have to check that out yeah this is my last question for you as as uh, as you you mentioned being a mexican-american growing up in southern california mm -hmm. Everybody I talk to from Southern California never believes me when I talk about how good there, how there, there's actually incredibly good Mexican food in Kansas City. Forbes magazine said that where you are right now, Kansas City, Kansas in particular, is the taco capital of the United oh, States. Wow. Did you know that? That's a hot take. Have you, have <laughs> you tried any of the authentic Mexican food in the area yet? Not yet. Okay, there's a thing called the taco trail. The taco if, trail. Are you, I, are, I need, I need this text okay. to me because okay. I, I'm going to give you all the details. I I'm going to send you. I grew up in this area, okay, okay? in a in a very uh, heavy Mexican-American community. And uh, so I know I know the spots, man. Okay. I'm going to send you to these spots. And then you can tell me. You'll probably be proud of your own place. But No, no. I'm a big foodie person. Okay. And I am not like I'm pretty open-minded. And, you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. So you know, obviously, it's a hot take. Kansas yeah, it City, is a hot take. But uh, you know, I'm I've excited. got receipts. I'll show you the Forbes magazine article, okay. and, and I'm going to send you to some of these places. Then you can come back and tell uh, us if no, you no, like my, it or my not. No, no, my cheat day this week on my weekend when I eat, we I'm go. going straight there, okay. and and I'm going to send you a picture. Let's I just go. love that his reaction was hot take. <laughs> yes, it was, that was it was a very. <laughs> it was I, like, was not, I did not expect like, that was a reaction. Now that we want to bring something to the table, but that's good because at the end of the day, if it is good, we got to make it more known. And yes, we got to let people know. Kansas City. Hey, and as Kansas Mexican City tacos. keeps growing, I think it's becoming more and more known for exactly. an, a multitude of things beyond just, town. you know, yeah. the sports. It is a great food That's town. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it's like a lot of people overlook some cities because, you know, probably not Miami, probably not LA, but like mm -hmm. there are cities like how I did when I went to Nashville. I never knew nothing about Nashville. And I got there and I'm like, wow. Like <laughs> yeah. all my friends that yeah. came to visit me in Nashville, they booked flights for the next year. And, I, and it was just like, wow. And that's how I do have a little sense of that in Kansas that it doesn't get appreciated as much as what it could offer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm excited to try new things out here. Yeah. Well, hey. We'll uh, we'll make sure that we get that list going for you, and we're so happy great. to have you here. Uh, congrats on a great debut with Sporting, and Thank look you. forward to watching you grow your career here in Kansas City as well. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Nate and I will return to close out the show and preview this next match back at home against the Colorado Rapids. That is on the other side. Stay with us. 
You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we are back to wrap things up on this week's Sporting Kansas City Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Nate Bucati, Ali Trost Martin. I had so much fun sitting down with Robert Castellanos. There are just, you know, some players who, you know, come in and as you get to know them, just are a delight to talk to. And we kept talking with him for, you know, a few minutes even after uh, we wrapped the interview and, and got to see his long food list of all the places that he documented when he was living in Nashville, playing with Nashville SC. He's going to start a list here in Kansas City. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just craving Mexican food now after our conversation. Mm-hmm. You were able, Nate, to give him a lot of good spots to hit up here in KCK. Yeah, what a guy, man. Very engaging, very talkative, uh, very thoughtful. I loved hearing his conversation about the the kind of chip on shoulder that he plays with. And uh, I'm excited to see him. I, I feel like guys like that, they're, they're typically later bloomers, you know, than others because they do have to fight so much harder for everything. He certainly is very appreciative of this opportunity, too. I'll be interested to see that 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 um, that partnership mm-hmm. uh, as the season goes on as well. So he was fun to talk to. Yeah, just a, a great guy. Hoping uh, him a lot of success here in Kansas City as he's kind of had a, a career where he's bounced around quite a bit, but, you know, wants to – to start finding his place, and that could very well be here with Sporting Kansas City. And another big opportunity for Sporting KC this weekend as they play on Saturday, Johnny Russell's birthday, by the way. Mm. Uh, big 3-3, I believe, for uh, everyone's favorite Scotsman. So uh, be sure if you're listening to this to wish Johnny a, a happy birthday. He joked that when you get this age, you don't really celebrate him anymore, but we'll always find an excuse to celebrate our, our good friend, Captain Johnny Russell. Um but, Nate, they're playing against the Colorado Rapids team. You called a few of their games early in this season, and, you know, they started the season 0-3-1, recently picked up a pair of draws in their last two games against teams that you can be pretty happy getting a draw against. You know, Austin FC dealing with CCL and MLS play. They've kind of, you know, had a maybe somewhat shaky start to the season, but still a, a, a tough team to play. And then, of course, LAFC, the way that Colorado in this last game were able to limit uh, the black and gold to uh, – to a scoreless draw, I think it's pretty impressive just given how dangerous of a team uh, everyone knows they can be. So certainly a lot of uh, momentum I'm, I'm sure that they're able to gain from, from those two results. But what do, you, uh, what do you make of this Colorado side? What's, uh, what's your expectation going into this game? Because defensively, they started really poor <laughs> early on in the season, but have started to seem to make things click a little bit better, which is, largely in part due to the fact that they're able to start growing that chemistry along a new look back line. Yeah, they brought in a, a designated player in Maxu uh, to play on that back line. They, they, they changed a lot defensively from last year to this year, so you can understand why maybe they had some growing pains early on. Of course, Sporting already saw them once earlier this year in Colorado. I was in there uh, in Denver with Tony Miola for that game, so got a good look at that one. Um, Diego Rubio's coming back. He played 30 minutes in this game against LAFC, so I would imagine that he's set for at least that much, if not more, uh, in this game against his former club. You always know those guys. Oh, play, yeah. You know, Jacob Peterson says it all the time, and Rubio's... Especially. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He'll, he'll have the bit between his teeth as he comes out here. The matchup I always like when Sporting plays against Colorado is Daniel Shallowy against Lalas Abubakar. I mean, he has absolutely spun Abubakar around from time to time. Now... That didn't happen last time in Colorado, but I would point out when he has played against Abubakar in Kansas City, he scores goals, he creates fouls, he has really been a nightmare for Abubakar. So if those two are both on the field in this game, I just look for that matchup as something that Sporting Kansas City can exploit. 
I think the attack is is still very lacking for Colorado. They, for all the the concerns that Sporting Kansas City fans have about their attack, I would be much more concerned about it if I were a Rapids fan. Yes, you're going to get some back when now the D- Diego Rubio is playing. They're they're not particularly dynamic on the wings. Michael Barrios can be a problem. Uh, you got to be aware of him at all times. If Sporting get way up the field, he can hit you with his pace and bother you. Cabral got a goal a couple games ago, but to me that was a tap in that. I don't like to take away credit from people with tap-ins if they get them all the time, but if you get one every once in a while, that doesn't impress me as much. He hasn't done much to me to justify the trade that they uh, that they made for him earlier this year. So I think this is an opportunity for Sporting Kansas City to continue the good performance they had defensively last week and then build on their attack. And um, and so I think it's uh, it's a good opportunity I look, it's not an easy game. There's no such thing. There's mm-hmm. no such thing in Major League Soccer as an easy game. But I do think it's one where Sporting Kansas City should feel like we go out and play our best game. It's time for us to get three points. Yeah, and, you know, the last time they played Colorado was, of course, that game where they had a number of chances. They just mm-hmm. couldn't seem to put one past William Yarbrough. And, and despite having, I think it was 11 shots on goal, not all of those chances were these super high quality looks for sporting Kansas city. And, and it was interesting. I was just looking at, you know, Yarbrough's going for, I believe his 29th club uh, shutout for Colorado this weekend. And he's had two this year. And in both of those games against LAFC and against sporting Kansas city, both sides were held to under one expected goal in that game. And so mm-hmm. he's getting the shutouts when maybe the looks aren't all that great, but LAFC only had two shots on goal. For Sporting Kansas City, I think it's not just going to be about creating those opportunities, but some more quality looks. Alan Polito, how much more will we see him in this game? That's something I'm looking forward to seeing. And as you were talking about earlier, is there a way that you can get Polito and Willie Agata on the field at the same time. How can you maybe show a look to the Rapids and some of these other teams in the league that they haven't seen yet from Sporting Kansas City? I think that could be uh, one of Sporting's greatest strengths as the, the season wears on. When Willie Agata and Eric Tommy joined the team, I think a big reason they were successful is because people didn't know what to prepare for with them. And they came in and had, you know, a unique skill set that was a different look than what teams had seen from sporting Kansas city before. And I think that sporting and getting some of these guys back will be able to tinker some, mm. some things to, uh, to make them uh, just to make them even more dynamic and, and harder to scout for, uh, for their opposition uh, as you know, things kind of start picking up and getting more faces back. Yeah. But yeah. Those 11 shots on goal in Colorado, most of them were right at, Yo, yeah. bro, he made a couple decent rebound saves, but if you just look at it, and I know it doesn't tell you everything, but it was a 0.64 expected goals for Sporting KC in the game. So, yeah, they had shots, but not all shots are created equal. Mm-hmm. I just think the attack's going to be there. It's just going to keep coming. So there you go. Shallowy versus Abubakar. We'll, we'll be back next week to either talk about how correct I am or how wrong I was uh, about uh, about that matchup. But I... And I also just, I want to give another shout out to Remy Voltaire and Eric Tommy. I think you got two guys. That's another thing that I'm going to feel really good about if I'm a sporting Kansas City fan is I think you have two anchors in your midfield right now that you can count on that are going to put in the ground coverage. I mean, they're both going well over seven miles in the last game in Philadelphia, doing work, playing good, clean soccer in the middle of the field. And I think when you have that, then it allows you also to trust those attacking players a little bit more to go do their thing. I, I think it's good. I'm excited for this game for sporting this weekend. You know, another thing to watch and something that Colorado did particularly well against LAFC was they dominated and, and really 
made it difficult for LAFC in the midfield. And if you looked at mm-hmm. Elie Sanchez's passing uh, map after the game, he was forced backwards a lot of times and didn't have a lot of effective passes going forward. So I think that could be another thing to watch as Colorado tries to figure out how they could start getting in the win column as well. Um, but as you said, Eric Tommy, Remy Voltaire, uh, Remy Voltaire, my gosh, that guy has just been uh, an engine for Sporting Kansas City is continuing that consecutive uh, just – streak of starting games, making appearances for Sporting Kansas City, playing every minute. Uh, He's just been invaluable for the team and will certainly be one to watch this weekend as Sporting Kansas City welcome the Colorado Rapids to town, looking to build off a big defensive performance on the road against Philly and start to find the back of the net in front of their home crowd. Nothing could be better than that. We will see you out at Children's Mercy Park Saturday, 7.30 p.m. And if you uh, can't make it out to the game, be sure to tune in and watch on the MLS Season Pass app on Apple TV. You can listen to myself and Jacob Peterson since we are the home broadcast and uh, looking forward to getting out there and uh, and calling that game and just being a part of it with all of you. So uh, thanks so much for listening this week. Nate, where are you headed? I'm headed to Newark, New Jersey. Well, flying to Newark, New Jersey, Harrison, New Jersey for New York Red Bulls versus San Jose this weekend. All right. Love it. Safe travels. And, uh, yep. Look forward to seeing all of you out at Children's Mercy Park, 730 against the Colorado Rapids for Nate Bucati, for Robert Castellanos. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening this week. We'll see you next week here on the Sporting Kansas City Show.